Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. Do y'all think we're stupid? There's no more sex in drag than there is in stand-up comedy or television or theater. Like, I have a Disney Dieta and I have a Dirty Dieta. And <laughs> she doesn't, she knows the difference. I'm, you know, I'm here with, on the radio with you today in front of our city and I'm not using vulgar language and making it about sex. So how is that any different than what I do on a Saturday night or on, if I'm reading to a child? In Missouri and across the country, lawmakers are debating drag. On stage, these performers put on a pageant of music and dance and humor, their personalities shining as large, if that's possible, as their glamorous quaffs. But that's not what many conservative lawmakers see, and as Missouri and other states consider criminalizing drag, its supporters are speaking out. On Friday, a new group called It's All Drag plans to march through St. Louis's Grove neighborhood, a protest against the proposed bans on drag. Here to talk about drag, why it's worth celebrating, and what's prompting them to take this to the streets, we welcome two of the co-founders of the new group. Michael Klataski is co-owner of PRISM. That's a bar in the Grove. He's been performing drag as Jade Sinclair for more than 20 years. Michael, welcome. Thank you. Also here is Jordan Braxton. Jordan is a longtime educator and advocate for LGBTQ rights in St. Louis. She has also been performing drag as Dieta Pepsi for decades. Jordan, welcome to you. Well, thank you. Uh, and you are both veteran drag performers, and we should mention both former Miss Gay Missouri winners. Very glad to have you here today. Now, I would like to hear from each of you in a sentence and this is not to simplify, but to give us a common starting point. What is drag, Jordan? Well, as RuPaul says, uh, we're all born naked and, and all the rest is drag. Drag, if you want to simplify, is just an outfit that you wear or the clothes that you wear, how you represent yourself to society or the public. For me, drag is a creative outlet. I've always wanted to perform. Um, I wanted to be the toast of Broadway. Um, but I became <laughs> the toast of Broadway Street instead of, okay, you know, sure. <laughs> so so it was just a way for me to still perform. Mm -hmm. And people always said, you know, you'd make a pretty drag queen. And I was like, no. So for me, I started doing it just as a creative performance outlet. Okay. And Michael, for you, what is drag? Uh, drag for me is female impersonation. It's uh, something that I began doing in 27 years ago. Um, and what I found out that it fulfilled for me was an itch for my theater drive, my theater geek inside. It really allowed me to, you know, to be a character on stage. Okay, so each of you have had sort of different entries into it. What was your, your official entry into drag, Jordan? My official entry was um, an amateur night at a bar called Nights. It was on Vanaventer. It was September 24th, 1983. Wow. No, 85 okay. is when I first competed. Uh -huh. I was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kind of got the itch. Like, Michael, it, it fulfilled a, a performance mm -hmm. anxiety. My theater geek okay. came out. And so um, it also was allowed me to um, explore my transgender side that was 
inside of me that I wasn't ready to let out. Mm-hmm. So it was drag to me was both performance and and a way to slowly start my transition journey. Okay. But yeah, it all started back in 1985. Right. And September 24th, you said. Yes, I know the date very well. And do you also know the date of when when you did your first Not performance? Not the exact date, but I, I know it was in July of 1996. Okay. It was late July, I think. I mm-hmm. had to go find a photo to see the date on the back of the photo at one time to kind of find my anniversary. And my, my journey started um, actually when I was the president of a Pride Festival out of state, and we were using entertainers to raise money to pay for the, the Pride Festival. And they thought it'd be fun if the officers who were not traditional qu- entertainers or queens would, would do a number, and so we did. Uh, one of the local entertainers got me up in, 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 in the face and, and provided some hair and stuff for me. I mean, they threw us up there to do a number, and, and that's when I realized how much fun I really had. Okay. So in each of your cases, that first time is the thing that – set history in motion. The drag bug bit. You get you get hooked. <laughs> okay. You get hooked. Now, you both are part of this new group. It's all drag. It's holding a solidarity march in the Grove neighborhood this weekend. Um, tell us a little bit about the group and specifically, what is it that you are marching for or against? Jordan? Okay, so what we're, we're, we all kind of got together through... Um, a mutual friend, and he said, hey, I have this idea. And he brought it to us, and I said, it sounded like a great idea. And and I'm a protester from way back, and I'm like, I like a good protest. I'd like a good march. I'd like a good getting out in the streets and letting people know that we are not going to back down, and we are not going to take these all these um, bills lightly. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't know. According to the ACLU, there's like 425 um, anti um queer or trans bills across mm-hmm. the country. And I think Missouri has like 35 or 36 of those. So we're just doing it for to in solidarity to let our, no tra- our trans community and our drag community know that we are going to stand up and we're going to fight back and we're going to march and we're going to let people know that we you know, can't be pushed back in the closet or we can't be eliminated from society. Mm-hmm. There are three reasons that I chose to be involved in this effort. One is, as a business owner, they're trying to change my business and make it a sexually oriented business, which is not what it is. And uh, two, because I am an entertainer and they're trying to put me in a box that I don't belong in, tell me that I am equated to a stripper, which <laughs> you do not want to see me strip. And <laughs> three, because I am a voice uh, for the trans community, which is very marginalized. Mm-hmm. And I think this kind of gets to uh, one of the, the parts of the announcement for the march, which encourages attendees to wear, quote, anything that could get them arrested under the ill-defined new drag bans across the country. Um, so, you know, I do take this somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but it, it gets at least one or two of the issues with these drag bans. By telling people to wear something that could get them arrested, what is the point that you want to make? The point that I want to make with the march is that if you wear something, first of all, they have not really defined what drag is. You know, just just because you put on a wig and a dress and a heel and you perform in a club does not necessarily make that drag. I mean, drag comes in all kind of different forms. So who is going to be, quote, unquote, the drag police to say, hey, you're in drag and we need to arrest you or we need to to, to close this club down because it's it's drag and it's mm-hmm. offending thing. So I just want to make sure that people come dressed as they feel comfortable with, how you identify with, and just to show 
everyone that it come drag comes in different ways and forms. So it could be everything the way that you had. It could be everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I, you know, I think one of the things that I learned from drag that can be very useful for anybody is that once I put on a bit of a mask and step on stage, it was it allowed me to tap into an inside an inside part of me that I never knew existed, a lot of power and strength that I never really showcased before as Michael, and maybe this opportunity for them to come down Manchester and wear uh, you know a wig or or a dress might allow them to tap into some inner power themselves and and, and free themselves from the stereotypes that exist in society today. And one of those stereotypes has to do with some of the, the language that has been used to describe drag shows as prurient, like that has something to do with, with sex. But it, that's, <laughs> that is not necessarily the case at all, right? I would say that, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I oh, apologize. no, no. I would say that, um, that there's no more sex in drag than there is in stand-up comedy or television or theater. So drag itself is very diverse, there are all different kinds of drag. So sponsors of the bills you're opposing often bring up drag queen story hours at libraries or accuse drag performers writ large of endangering or, quote, grooming children. What is the difference for those who've never maybe been to a, a drag show um, that might happen uh, on Saturday night at Bastille? What is the difference between that and a drag show that's specifically for kids? Well, first of all, this is what I say when I go and I testify. Do y'all think we're stupid that we don't know the difference between like I have a Disney Dieta and I have a Dirty Dieta and <laughs> she doesn't she knows the difference. Sure. Like when I do drag queen story times to kids, I dress as colorful and like a fairy costume or something that the kids can relate to and they can understand it's not sexualized at all. Mm-hmm. It's very, you know, I'm reading a story to kids, so therefore it's princess-like, it's fairy-like, it's queen-like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's nothing that I would ever wear at mm-hmm. night. Sure, sure. I would just comment, I guess, or maybe follow through with that and saying that we know how to how to behave in, our, in different environments. Mm-hmm. I'm you know, I'm here with, on the radio with you today in front of our city, and I'm not using vulgar language and making it about sex. So how is that any different than what I do on a Saturday night or on, if I'm reading to a child? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what do you think is that is the, the root cause of many conservative lawmakers who want to ban drag? They're co- sex. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead, you start. No, I, you? I think I think sexuality. I think that you know that the conservatives are bothered by by homosexuals or or the queer agenda. Not, not agenda. I apologize. The queer uh, community, and um, so when they they see anything that we're doing that may involve some sort of se- type of sex, they want to equate that with save the children, which I don't know how that's ever correlated. Right, and I just want to say, and it's been on TV a lot lately, is that. Children are affected and killed more by guns than by drag queens. And if you ever see the people that get arrested, it's not drag queens. It's conservative Christians. And it's 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 those on in that party, the Republicans that are doing it. It's not drag queens. Mm-hmm. We're just here to entertain people. And that's what pe- drag is entertainment. It's, it's entertainment. not a crime. Sure, sure. 
We're speaking with Jordan Braxton, a longtime educator and advocate for LGBTQ rights in St. Louis. She's been performing drag as Dieta Pepsi, both Disney and uh, Dirty, <laughs> for decades, as well as Michael Klataski, who is co-owner of Prism uh, Bar in the Grove neighborhood, and he's been performing drag as Jade Sinclair for more than 20 years. Um, we were just talking about um, events that are intended for kids, and I want to make sure that we don't um, that we don't gloss over that part because it seems to be the thing that is the the sticking point for many people. Michael, how did you become involved in drag queen events that are intended for children? Um, I have never myself done any story times. I was asked to, but it was during COVID and I declined because I didn't want to spread, you know, be a part of spreading any, any, any COVID or anything. Uh, but I, I have participated at Pride events, which are open to all ages. And again, you know, it was very much, you know, a, a positive experience, a fully clothed experience. Most entertainers, or at least female impersonators, are wearing more clothes than you are right now. Mm-hmm. We wear layers of undergarments and stuff to make sure to, to really kind of contour our bodies to more of a feminine illusion. So we're fully clothed. It's up be positive music that, that makes people feel happy about themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, Jordan, you went to Jefferson City to testify against some of these bills. And um, one would have banned what it termed, quote, adult cabaret performances, including, quote, male or female impersonators who provide entertainment that appeals to a prurient interest, which I'd mentioned earlier, in public or in a place the performance could be viewed by a minor, could be viewed. Now, what did you want lawmakers to know about how that bill would affect you? Um, I said, first of all, as a trans woman, how do you know when I'm in drag and when I'm not in drag? That's the first thing. Because makeup comes in all different. I can go barefaced or I can have on a ton full of makeup and get on stage and sing a song. Does that make me a drag queen? Does that make, does that you know, classify me as as breaking the law. Mm-hmm. So um, there's um, a lot of different layers of being a drag queen. Um, and so I told them, how can you define what a drag queen is? Have you been to a drag show? How do you know what goes on a drag show? And and nine out of ten of them had never seen a drag show before. They saw clips of what people had submitted to them. As we all know, you can pick and choose what you want mm-hmm. um, the narrative to be. Sure. And so I just questioned them a lot about we're, we're, we're not naked, we're not, and I just testified in front of them and, mm-hmm. and asked them had they ever been to shows and explained to them that drag queens are contributing to society. And most of us have jobs. You right, know, dra- right. To me, drag is not my job. I have another job outside mm-hmm. of that. It's kind of a hobby. It's kind of something that I do as a creative outlet. Now, insofar as uh, making a living, for you, Michael, you had said that um, you know, uh, one of the bills that would have classified drag menus as sexually oriented businesses, treating them like sex stores or uh, strip clubs, that would have an effect on your business because yes. you're the co-owner of a club that presents drag. So what would this law mean for you and your business? Not again, not doing this as a hobby. Right. This is your bread and butter. Correct. So that law would then define where businesses could be located within the city of St. Louis or Missouri, and also how they advertise on billboards. And on PRISM, on the side of our building, there's a, a huge display of four of our resident entertainers, which would be classified as a billboard. So that could, have to be, that could be removed if this law is, is in effect. So something that you clearly would see or not. 
Jordan, this week, you told St. Louis Magazine about the experience of going to Jefferson City, including the discovery that one of the co-sponsors of the bill targeting drag shows was someone you knew well. What happened there? I was flabbergasted. <laughs> At first, I was like, um, I was like, his name is um, Christopher's, his name is Chris Sanders, and I've known Chris for 18 years. He's been to drag shows. He's tipped me. And somebody said, well, you know, Representative Chris Sanders um, co-signed the bill. And I looked over and I said, Chris, is this you? He's like, yeah. I'm like, sit down, let me talk to you. So we sat down and we had this very lengthy conversation. And again, I said, I've known you for 18 years. We've dined together. We've come to shows. You've tipped me. You, you know what drag shows are and you know how we conduct ourselves. And um, another person that went, Mayor Kasha, she also had a few moments with him. Mm-hmm. And by the time the bill came around, he had showed me where he'd taken his name off support of the bill. Mm-hmm. And another thing, that night when it came for, you know, when you go, the people who present the bill, they present it. And then there are people who support or in support of the bill get to speak. There was not one public person there to support the bill. So I said to them, well, as you can see, the person who co-signed then took their name off, and there's not one public person here to speak in favor of this bill. So that mm-hmm. should tell you that this bill is ridiculous and nonsense and shouldn't go any further. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chris Sander is a Republican mm-hmm. who represents yes. parts of Jackson County in the Missouri House of Representatives, correct? Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you perceive as the response of lawmakers, both Republicans and Democrats? I mean, you said that nobody showed up to support it. I mean, was there some sense that you got of where they were falling in terms of sides, you know, supporting or being against? Well, of the course, bill? the Democrats were all nodding and agreeing. And I remember um, one of the gentlemen would always ask us, well, when did you know? He asked me particularly because I said, you know, I'm a trans woman who does drag. So how would you classify me? How was it? And he said, so when did you first know you were, or were transgender? And I said, I've always known. I've been known when I was a little kid growing up in Kansas City. I knew when I was a college student in Springfield. And I knew as an adult in St. Louis, we always know there's not a magic time that you wake up one day and go, oh, I'm transgender. I knew it my entire life. Mm -hmm. Now, this march that will be happening on Saturday, what message do you want to impart in this moment when people who love drag, who are drag queens or who are queer or trans are watching these pieces of proposed law um, with a good deal of fear. Like, what is it that you want them to to know? Well, I would like the people that support uh, drag shows to know that this is a safe space for them to come in and, and, and offer their support. Uh, the entertainers, who I hope will be there also, I want the, the same message, that this is a, a positive experience to show those who are for these laws, that we are a very vast community with the vast support group that um, exceeds beyond their constituents. Mm -hmm. And Jordan, what do you want people to think about as they see you marching? You said you've been part of protests and and that sort of thing for, for many years now. This weekend, what is it that you want people to see, especially folks who know little to nothing about drag apart from those clips in, in mainstream media that they've seen? I want them to come and see, like um, Michael said, how supportive of a community are and how drag goes beyond just um, people in the club. Because I do, I have performed benefits for non 
LGBT or queer nonprofits to raise money. You know, it's not just, um, as they say, CD or, or, or whatever word you used earlier, I can't mm-hmm. remember, that we're not, it's not all sexualized. D- drag queens and drag kings and even uh, performance drag entertainers, we do a lot of good to help those who are marginalized, those who need money. I mean, both of us has probably done benefits for bartenders with broken arms, for um, families at Christmas time who don't have any presents. Um, we do toys for tots. We I cook food for people that that don't have don't have the means to eat. But I never say, "Hey, are you in the queer community? Come get some food." No, I just say, "If you're hungry, come eat," because I want people to know that we are an inclusive community, not an exclusive community, and all are welcome. Jordan Braxton is a longtime educator and advocate for LGBTQ issues, uh, and. Michael Klataski is co-owner of PRISM, a bar in The Grove in South St. Louis. Both are fixtures of the St. Louis drag scene and are two of the co-founders of the new group, It's All Drag. The group's leading a solidarity march this Saturday at 6 p.m. in The Grove. More details about the event are on stlonair.show. This episode was produced by Danny Wisentowski. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.